Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November the 23rd, 2017, and we are reading from the big book, In the Doctor's Opinion, page XXVI, the last paragraph, though we work out our solution, ending with what we have to offer and commenting on that paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Toby K, 12 Traditions, Rocky E, readers of the text, Katie G, Naomi B, and Lauren N. The reference numbers for Wednesday, November 22nd, the 7 a.m. meeting is 10700, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 10702. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Toby Kay to read the 12 steps. Press star one, Toby Kay. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Toby Kay from Long Island, New York. Number one, we were we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed, we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Toby K. And Rocky E. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Linus. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, good morning all. What a great day to do service. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend OA name to any related facilities or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service today. Thank you, Rocky E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion page XXVI, the last paragraph, though we work out our solution, ending what we have to offer and commenting on that paragraph. And I will ask Katie G to read that for us. Good morning, Lynette. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. Good morning, everyone. Though we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as an altruistic plane, we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or befogged. More often than not, it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached 
as he has then a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. And that background noise does not belong to me. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I'm starting my timer. So I've actually experienced both, right? So when I first came into the rooms, um, I got to a place where I was, I just was so desperate, dying and doomed. I couldn't stop doing what I was doing. I couldn't stop eating. I couldn't stop starving couldn't stop throwing up. So I went to a 12-step um, hospital, and it was very helpful for me. Um, what was really helpful is being put in a structured place that was away from my binge foods. It was away from any access that I had. Um, not that human powers can keep me away from food. However, in the beginning, it was so wonderful to be surrounded um, by other people who had the same disease as me um, and to have that structure. However, I also agree that um, you know I don't I don't ha I don't have to be hospitalized. I have been in relapse before, and I didn't have to be hospitalized. What was imperative for me, um, like they're saying, is that my my brain be cleared. And what does imperative mean? It means vital. It means absolutely important. And I will say that my experience is is that. It wasn't vital that I my, my brain be cleared before I was approached. Like I, when I woke up on that morning of relapse, I needed to be reaching out and asking for help. And however, um, I wasn't ready to move forward with my step four. You know, like I was on step zero. I needed somebody to help me to get set up, to address my red foods, to address my red behaviors, to say, okay, Katie, you know, this is, um, I mean, and I'm, I'm pretty low bottom and what I benefited from was a sponsor who said okay this is when you're going to eat this is your this is the food plan that we're working with no we don't do this no we don't do that and that was coming from me right that was me saying I'm exercising addictively I'm using laxatives I'm getting on the scale all the time and getting 100% honest about what I was doing and and once I put those down and had a few days I mean she had me do some writing assignments however you know to really fully go from the head to the heart in, in step one. I mean, it is a painful experience, you know, like the, the first line of the AA 12 and 12 says, who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one, of course. And let me tell you, KDG from Boston does not want to admit complete defeat, but I had no other choice. Um, and I love, I learned that accepting means to receive willingly. It meant that when I was calling my sponsor, I was not saying, yeah, but, as everybody, as people like to say. I was saying, yes, ma'am. I was not saying, oh, so what kind of sponsor are you? I was saying, tell me what to do. Help me. I am desperate. And thank you, God, for that desperation. And I pray to continue to have that desperation every day because I am recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, but I am not cured. So I'm going to keep walking, God willing, one, one day at a time, shoulder to shoulder, with all of you, my teachers. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. The floor is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everybody. Who would Matt like to M. share? Julie R. Harlan G. Melitinger C. Kim this is G. Larry. Tina S. Okay, let me tell you who I got. And we'll go with this round first. I have Harlan G. Julie. Matt M. Melissa C. Kim G. Larry K. and Tina S. 
Okay, Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Julie. Thank you very much, Lynn, and thank you to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, what, is, what is the main focus of this paragraph? It, the theme of this paragraph is going to be repeated three times just in the doctor's opinion. What is he telling me? He is telling me that I must put down the food. He is telling me that the food must be down. If the food is still in my mouth, then nothing else means anything. It says here, though we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as an altruistic plane, we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or befuzzled. More often than not, it is imperative. The word imperative is key that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached as he then has a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. How do I clear my brain? I can't clear my brain when there's Reese's peanut butter cups dancing around there. I can't clear my brain when I'm clean and crazy. I have to clear my brain when the food is down. And for two days, that food must be down, and then I'm ready to begin. It doesn't have to be a situation where um, I'm emotionally distraught. It doesn't have to be a situation where I'm swinging from the chandeliers. I am powerless over food, but I am not helpless. I can go to a meeting, I can make a call, I can pray, I can read literature, I can listen to a podcast. It's easier today than it's ever been. There's podcasts and meetings and all kinds of information at my fingertips. All I need to do is point and click. I am powerless over food, but I am not helpless. I have a whole fellowship to reach out to, and this is the beginning the beginning of my journey is to put the food down. And then I have to keep the food down. But that will be much, much easier as each step is taken. I also want to wish Larry a happy birthday today before I pass. You don't look a day over 87. And we're glad you're here. And I'm glad to be here. And I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And as Rocky Balboa said, you know, to you it's Thanksgiving. But to me, you know, it's Thursday. So I'm just going to stay on my food plan as I would any other Thursday. And I'm going to celebrate by adding to the festivities, not taking away. But food for me today doesn't have to be part of it. It just has to be something others partake in. And I'm going to revel in giving thanks to God for making this meeting possible, Overeaters Anonymous, and this great book, and Bill and Bob. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Julie, you're up, followed by Matt M. And could I have the initial of your last name, please? R, Julie R. Thank you, Julie. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Julie R, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, you know, I, I look at this and it says, you know, that we, <clears throat> we, we work out our solution, which we know what that is, on a spiritual as well as altruistic, right? That's me being unselfish, doing for others. That's how we work this out. But before I do that, it's imperative. That means that it's not a maybe or 
if you want to, or sometimes it's imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached, as he has then a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. You know, I am so grateful that the big book is so clear on that. That's where this entire abstinence comes from. We cannot eat our way through working the steps. And yes, there are some people in OA that think that. I mean, a lot of people in OA. But, you you know, I can only hear a tiny message. It's kind of like when you have a, um, a fo- your drain is clogged. Things just trickle out. But yet when you unclog it, it's powerful again, the force. Well, that's how it is if I'm on the food, in the food and I'm trying to do God's will. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, you know, I'm very grateful that I work a very, very structured and disciplined program. I weigh and measure all of my food all of the time because I'm a volume eater. So I'm, volume was something that would um, create cravings for me, no matter if it was an abstinent food. And it's like I, today's Thanksgiving, right? I have pies. I have cookies. You name it, I got. I'm baking. And because the people that are going to be here today don't have a disease. And it's going to be so interesting because they are going to eat like a mini me when I was in the food. They're going to be so full that my husband will go put sweats on. My son will probably unbutton his pants. His girlfriend will probably just like lay on the couch. But the difference is tomorrow they go to the gym like normal and they cut back their food naturally. And it's like, that wouldn't be me. I mean, this would be, I I would look forward to um, a week before Thanksgiving because I can start to eat. But, um, you know, today I am totally free and I get to be of service. Like I said here, unselfishly doing for others. That's what altruistic means. And I get to be present today because I am defogged. I don't have any of my alcoholic foods in me and I haven't for over three years. And why is that? It's because the spiritual solution that was so freely given to me. And um, if you're new out there, make a call, do something, pray, whatever. You don't have to eat. And I will uh, pass. Thank you, Julie R. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Hi, this is Matt M., like a plus reader. I don't know what to say because Harlan and Julie said it all. But, um, it's imperative that I put the food food down. I mean, it's it's a must. I have to put the food down for my brain to be defogged. I, my brain can't be like a traffic jam, you know, full of cars and full of exhaust and everything else. It has to be like a smooth highway. There's no traffic, and I can go. I can go through it. It's like an artery, unclogged artery. The blood can go through the artery, and I can I can I can have smooth sailing. I can't have the information get to me if it's like I said. If my my, my brain is fogged up with sugar or with what fast food or whatever it is my, my food of choice is, I can't think clearly uh, for, me, for me to be able to understand and accept what the book has to offer. And uh, I'm, when I'm in the food, I'm not really very altruistic at all. I'm very selfish and egotistical and self-centered. When, I'm more, when, I, when I have the food down, I'm more, more, more often I'm more other-centered rather than self-centered. I want to be there for other people rather than having others be there for me. I'd rather be loved than to be loved. To, un- to understand rather than be understood, you know, I want to ask into a new way of living, and uh, it's not easy. It's 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 a very difficult tent to face them sometimes because I don't always like myself when I'm when, when I'm when I'm struggling or when I'm trying to get myself uh, 
for this for this book. It's not always easy because things come up that I don't like. There's parts of my personality I don't like at all, and that are not, like I said, that are not very altruistic or, or understand understanding of others. And you know what? I'm a human being. I have to accept myself the, the warts and all for me to be able to get far in this program. And uh, that's the reason why I read this book every day. I go on the meeting every day. I call my sponsor every day. I commit my food because I want to change. I want to be someone different than who I am. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'll never will be, but I can always be do better. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. And Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Kim G., Hi, good morning, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And um, yes, so our solution is spiritual. It's altruistic. It's the opposite of being selfish. Um, You know, we're concerned with service to others. But, uh, you know, we can't even talk about being spiritual or being other-centered if we're eating. You know, it's clear, um, 100% food sober. So like in this great debate, between when do you put the food down, you know, is it before the steps or as a result of the steps? Um, It's really clear here, you know, get abstinent and then you can begin to understand and accept what we have to offer. And, you know, what is it that we have to offer? It's the steps. So um, you cannot work the steps um, until you're clean, you know, and, but I kind of wanted to zone in on what hospitalization can mean. You know, um, some people do go to hospitals and treatment centers and others do not, you know, I did not go to a hospital or treatment center, um, but we can create our own hospitals and centers in a way, you know, and something that I suggest to others um, that I work with in the beginning, um, you know, a, a way that we can kind of put a hospitalization in our lives is we can prep all our food for the week. You know, when you're looking to get started, cut up all your veggies, weigh and measure out all your portions, make it safe and easy. You know, do pre-step work. This is pre-step work. You know, like Harlan said, we're hopeless, but we're not helpless, you know, Hospitalization can be stay out of the bars in dangerous spots. Don't go to Dunkin' Donuts for coffee during this time. You know, stay out of convenience stores. This is a temporary measure. You know, um, buy just what you need for the week from the supermarket and then stay away. You know, because the truth is until you're recovered, you are operating on some willpower here. Um, you know, which is why you can't take forever to work the steps because we're in a race against the time. But, um, and willpower has an expiration date. But, yeah, you need to rely temporarily um, on, on man-made solutions. You're going to rely on the fellowship. Hospitalization to me means seriously treating the physical aspect of our disease, you know. Um, and so I think when, when I'm sponsoring people in the beginning – I do have to give them some of these tools. You know, those are the tools that that we can rely on, and then we can work the steps. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And, you know, I giggled when Melissa said, you know, there's a great debate 
about getting clean first. And I got to tell you, there's no debate in the big book. There's a debate in the fellowship. But you're going to see over and over again, there's absolutely no debate. You know, it's telling us it's not only not a debate, but it's imperative. Imperative that before, before we embark on this program, that we have to be clean. You know, I think to myself, other areas in my life, you know, seven years ago, I broke my ankle in a, in a snowstorm and I snapped bones in half and I, my, I looked down, my foot was facing actually 180 degrees in the wrong way. So I had snapped bones and I had ripped every muscle and tendon in my ankle. And when I was told this information from my doctor, he told me absolutely first, tomorrow morning you have to have surgery and have plates and screws put in your foot because first we have to stabilize those bones. But the larger aspect of my disease is the muscles and the tendons. And that was going to determine whether I was going to walk again and it was going to take me a full year to recover. Now, I didn't sit there and try to debate with him because I had never had surgery. Well, why don't we work on the muscles and tendons first? I don't want to have surgery. That scares me. I understood that first and foremost, I had to have that surgery in order to address the larger aspect of my injury. It is the same exact thing with, with our compulsive overeating. You know, and I was told I couldn't even walk on grass for nine months. So as Melissa was saying, actually, you know, when we're recovered, we can go anywhere on this earth. Thanksgiving is not an issue for me. But while I'm going through this process, I damn well better protect my abstinence. I damn well better make sure that I am, I am avoiding people, places, and things. But that cannot be a long-term plan. That's a miserable way to live. But I have to tell you today, I am recovered from that ankle injury. Nobody would ever know. I not only can walk, I walk without a limp. But I know internally there are things I have to do in order to maintain because I am, not, I am not cured of that injury. I am recovered the same way as a recovered compulsive overeater. On Thanksgiving, nobody would know that I have a, I, I'm a, a compulsive overeater. But I know I am. So I have to do what is necessary in order, to, in order to make sure that I can remain in that recovered state. And I want to end with reading from page 143, because they're talking to the employers, and that word imperative is said in the same exact fashion there. So it says, for most alcoholics who are drinking or just getting over a spree, a certain amount of physical treatment is desirable, even imperative. Whatever the method, its object is to thoroughly clear the mind and body of the effects of alcohol. Your man will fare far better if placed in such physical condition that he can think straight and no longer craves liquor. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody as far as the holiday is concerned, and happy Thursday as far as, long, as, far as your food is concerned. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. For those of us just coming on the line, we are reading in the doctor's opinion, page XXVI, the last paragraph, though we work out our solution, ending with what we have to offer and commenting on that paragraph. And Larry Kay, it's your turn, followed by Tina S. Thanks so much for your service. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. You know, I, I go, I go to a, um, I go to a, a meeting, a face-to-face meeting. It's a home group meeting for me. It's in, it's in another program. It's in AA, and uh, you know, it, it's there on a Saturday morning. There's generally uh, about eighty to a hundred people, men and women, that attend this meeting, and it is imperative that we uh, 
you know, that our, that our brain be clear. There, there's a guy that comes, there's lots of different characters that come to this meeting. It's pretty cool. And there's a particular guy and he, he's such a great guy. He comes and he sits down and boy, this guy shows up on a regular basis. And, um, it's always good to see him and, uh, and he takes it in and, you know, we read, we, it's kind of like the, this meeting, we read from the big book and, and, uh, we stop and share on what was read and, uh, and he's always there. Here's something else about this guy. I'll tell you, um, this lovely guy, he, uh, he comes in and he smells of alcohol. Now I don't stand in judgment. Oh no, you're not going to get judgment from me. Uh, but he, 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 uh, he comes in and he smells from alcohol. You can't come in uh, to a meeting um, and get well when you're still drunk. Now, he, I think he comes in and he feels a lot of support. You know, he feels a lot of support because after all, you're surrounded by people, you know, who are putting the, the substance down. You know, most of them, perhaps, their brains are cleared. Perhaps they've worked the steps of this program of action. See, the fellowship's not going to it's not going to get that guy clean. But Saturday after Saturday, he comes back. Just keep coming back. No miracle's going to happen for that guy when he's still drunk. See, I can't pick up my syringe and work the steps. I can't. I can't even. I can't go from a from a couple bags of heroin down to just a tiny little bit, and it, you know, just to take the edge off. Yet we come to the we come to Overeaters Anonymous, from you know day after day, perhaps perhaps week after week, year after year, and and we uh, and we're still drunk. See, but from a moral high ground, we say nah, but we're not drunk, and we're we're not some we're not some heroin addict. Come on, Larry, it's different. Ah, keep working the program that way. See if it works for you. You know, the big book is clear, like Kim said and others have shared. It's very clear. We we have to put our substance down. If you go if you if you walk into Gamblers Anonymous this morning and they got a roulette table, you know, and they got cash on the table, yeah, I mean that's craziness, isn't it? And that's oftentimes what we try to do. And when I did that, I did that in Overeaters Anonymous, and that was from a place of selfishness. I don't call you selfish. I'm saying I was. I know that in reflection today. That was my selfishness in the sense that I wanted what I wanted, and I wanted this program to work on my basis, on my, in the way that I felt most comfortable working it. And it Time didn't work please. that way for me. So very grateful uh, today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Tina S., it's your turn. Thanks, Lynn, for your service. Tina has recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. <clears throat> so grateful to be on the line and uh, to hear so many wonderful shares this morning. You know, for such a small paragraph to have so much information is, is very cool in my life today. You know, one of the things that I really like about um, Overeaters Anonymous as well as other 12-step programs is it is about attraction and not promotion. And when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, you know, I, I saw the people that were attractive, um, but I still wanted to do what I wanted to do. I would still be fogged, you know, and jittery. And um, therefore, you know, I wasn't about all that drastic stuff that I thought that these other people were doing. And so when I kept coming back, those people that were the attraction and that were doing the deal, working the steps and having a transformation were still there and the others were not. 
you know, so there was something that was in common about those people. And, and when I finally was defeated, like Rich talked about, you know, I just didn't come here one day and say, well, oh, you know, I think I had a little too much to eat yesterday or I didn't eat enough or I hadn't eaten in a while, whatever the, the circumstance was. Um, but when I finally meant business and I was done, you know, there were people here that were doing the deal, working the steps out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and being recovered one day at a time. And that's what I want. And I was like those people that was when I, I asked, tell me what I need to do. Yes, ma'am. Like was already shared, you know, and today after being recovered one day at a time for, you know, a few 24 hours, I can still say, yeah, but, but that doesn't last for very long because the solution is in black and white in the big book. And I loved it was also shared with, you know, altruistic plane. You know, when I first got here, I was not thinking about you. I was thinking about me always. And it took a while for my change, my psychic change, so that I would be other-centered as opposed to self-centered, and that I have an opportunity today when I do the, the 11th step to ask God what I can do today, each day for the man who is still sick. And then I go out there and I try to do that. I try to be of maximum service to God and to those about me. And I want that today. That's not something I wanted when I first got here, let me just tell you. And, um, you know, what a great reading. And I, I, and I hope everybody has a fabulous holiday. And like we shared also, and stay abstinent today. And thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Tina S. Okay, we're on page XXVI, the last paragraph, though we work out our solution. And if you could say your name once, please, it'll help me get everybody. So who would like to share? Roz C. Ginger C. Nancy R. Paula D. Roz G. Kathy R. Donna P. Okay. Um, Sorry, I didn't do very well. I believe I heard Roz C, somebody W, Ginger C, Nancy R, and Kathy. Who was the W? Rachel W. Rachel. Okay. So let's go with let's go with this list and we'll see how we do. Okay. I've got Roz C, Rachel W, Ginger C, Nancy R. Kathy, somebody, and Janice M. So, Roz, would you like to start us off, please? Hi, good morning. It's G, as in um, uh, Ginger. Go. Ginger. Yeah. Okay. Go. Great, thank you. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Roz G, and I am a compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Los Angeles County. And uh, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, be, my my brain getting cleared and being an altruistic person. So um, before program, um, I also have um, the right in my the margin of my big book. Brain cleared means detoxification. You know, so before um, program, I would uh, detoxification was a big word for me. It was it was like okay, I need to detoxify. So. Um, after holidays, I'd go to the um, local um, health food store, and I'd get I'd make a concoction of um, um, flaxseed and um, flat wait flaxseed oil and wheat germ, and and um, drink it to detoxify myself from all the crap that I ate the day before. And um, one time, 
I um, I bought this uh, colon cleanser. That was another commonality of me was to have colon cleansers. And I bought this this um, detoxification colon cleanser kit um, that had me, you know, I'm sorry for the TMI, but so much diarrhea that uh, it made me dehydrated. And I had to lie to my employer by telling them that I had a stomach ache and um, couldn't even work from too much detoxification. So um, that was sick behavior. And um, today, I don't have to detoxify because I don't eat toxic foods. So today, for me, I get to, my, my get to, we have a local turkey trot at our YMCA. And another detoxifying or another sick behavior was too much running and jogging. So today, I'm going to participate by walking and bringing my dogs. And um, it's going to be like 80 degrees here in L.A., so it's not even that cold. So... The, and that's my detoxification story and that I don't have to detoxify today or get, you know, get my brain cleared, thank God. And that the spiritual and altruistic plane means I get to bring food, um, namely from my garden. I'm making a beautiful salad for my family. Um, that's my contribution. I also baked a couple of pies that I was not interested in. I was neutral towards. And a, a deck of Uno cards so that we can laugh and look at each other and have family time. I'm very grateful for this Thanksgiving and for this meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Roz G. And Rachel W., it's your turn, followed by Ginger C. Rachel W., press star one, please. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. Thanks for your service. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. Um, so here in the book, we read, you know, that it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached, as yet then a better, under, better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. So I think this is, this is probably the core of why people talk about such dismal uh, recovery rates in OA, because... The way that we clear our minds in OA is so different, you know, than we than it is in alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous, with you know, with alcoholism. Um, I, I'm not, you know, totally familiar with alcoholic abstinence, abstinence, but I'm assuming it's putting the alcohol down, and it's a little bit more of a linear path. You know, it's pretty straightforward. Um, with the food, it's much more amorphous. It's much more complicated. Um, what I've seen for myself and what I've seen for people I've sponsored and their experiences as well is that the abstinence in a way is, it's extremely, it's an, it's a personal abstinence. It's something that a person needs to come to, um, to, to get honest with themselves about which foods are their triggers and which they need to stay away from. Um, so my, my clearing my brain, you know, from, from alcoholic substances may not look the same as, as, as another person in, in OA. And I think that also speaks to the, um, the personal experience that this program offers and, and, and that we're really supposed to have. You know, in an, in an OA meeting, you could have as many people in the room as as many, you know, food plans you could have. So I think what, 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 re- what really comes down to is honesty. And the way that, for me, and in my experience and what I've seen in other people, is that this food addiction really is based on honesty. It's based on integrity. It's based on 
you know, if there's a food that I, I want to try or I think I can handle, you know, I have to really be honest with how is this food affecting me? How does this substance affect me? Um, you know, when I was, I was binging in the food, I was, you know, a maniac with the sugar. Well, how do you explain a few years later, just a couple of years ago, I was, you know, I shared a story before I was dehydrated. The ambulance came and they told me to drink two extremely large Gatorades and I did, and I was fine. And it's because I work this program. I had a ton of sugar in me, but I was, I'm working this program. I'm working the steps very hard. And I think, I think if I have to say a reason why I did not go out and binge, it's probably that that's probably the reason. Um, and for me, it's just very important to keep it on, you know, each person, like what, how, how is it that their mind should be cleared? I know for myself, the foods that I, you know, that trigger me. And I, I, um, I know that every day, I mean, I've been in this program for not, almost 20 years and I Time, write please. myself down. It's, Yes, I'll stop with that. But just to say that it's um, it's it's really a personal process for me. So thanks for allowing me to share my pass. Thank you, Rachel W. Ginger C. It's your turn, followed by Nancy R. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Ginger C. Recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, you know, if I'm black. There is no way I'm going to get these 164 pages. And the greatest blocker for me is the food, the bite that enters. So I'm just looking back. It says to show others alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And I have such gratitude for the big book, but for vision for you and for those on the line that do it precisely exactly because my life is counting on your message, the message. And I am so grateful I found someone that was able to transmit it to me because I was at death's door. And if that person had told me, well, it's okay, I know it's hard, it's okay to be eating the bites that will happen for you, you're talking about my life. So again, thank God that we're precisely, exactly following these directions. They are so clear. And the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. Yes, put the food down. That's where it all begins. Because my dilemma is I lack power. And the only defense I have is that higher power and that connection. And God can't come through me. God's in me. Thank God we don't have to go far to find it. But how can I begin to tap into that if I'm eating? My effect is coming from the food, not from a higher power. So if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. And I hope those that are on the line that are suffering, that today's pain is enough pain and you put the food down because your life will take on a new meaning. And my sponsor told me often, you will be amazed before you are halfway through. And he was absolutely right. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Ginger C. Nancy R., it's your turn, followed by Kathy R. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Nancy R. I'm truly a grateful, truly grateful this morning. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I thank you for your service. Thank you for each person who has shared this morning. 
Uh, the shares have just been magnificent. I want to speak on accepting what we have to offer. You know, it's like being at a feast and just eating the crackers. Everything is there for you, and you just want a cracker. Uh, one of my sponsors called me, and at, at her face, I've been encouraging to go to her face-to-face meeting, and she was talking about how the topic was how we're going to get through the uh, holidays, and there were many different uh, devices, and it, it it just brought it back to me because in in OA for many years, that's where I was. How am I going to get through? How am I going to get through? And I never got through, and it was always starting over again. So what do we have to offer? Well, I can tell you what the program has offered me. It finally got me out of the yearly rituals. By now, I would be in phase two of my sugar addiction. It would I would be winding down from Halloween and trying to get it together. And then here comes Thanksgiving, and I would wind down from Thanksgiving. By the time I would clean up a little bit, then there'd be Christmas. And uh, then after Christmas, the New Year Eve parties, and then on New Year's Day, I would start all over. I'm really going to do it this time. So this program has given me a way out of that cycle that I couldn't seem to get out by myself. And um, only when I became willing, only when I became truly desperate, that's why I think so many people come into the meetings and we don't see them again. Because the program re- requires work. Only when I was, first it requires, like I said, giving up the food. I had to be willing to totally give up those foods that I thought I couldn't live without. And um, the miracle has happened. Give up the food and follow the solution. It says, though we work out our solution, this program offers us a solution. When I'm willing to, only when I'm willing to do as this book instructs me to do, will I receive the freedom that is promised in this book. Uh, today I'm free. I just got through cooking some pies for my husband. I, you know, I don't, God has done it. it. It amazes me. I have no desire for any of that stuff. And it says, it says, uh, that's the promises. You know, we're neither fighting it. Am I running from it? You know, the pro- the promises, if the promises came true for me, they can come true for anybody. I wish everybody on this line uh happy Thanksgiving and a good Thursday. When I get through off of this, I will go to the fitness center like I normally do. Uh, this program has given me a rhythm to life, and I appreciate it so much. Have a great day, everybody, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Kathy R., it's your turn, followed by Janice M. Hi, this is Kathy R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Am I being heard? Yes, thank you. There are two Kathy R.'s. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, one of the Kathy R.'s, please go ahead, and we'll take the other Kathy R. after Janice M., okay? Thanks. Okay, so well, somebody I'll go. please go ahead. Okay. I will. Uh, again, I'm Kathy R. Compulsive Overeater Recovered in the Chicago area. And um, this paragraph is wonderful for me. This, this is how I relate into the program on a deeper level than I used to many years ago. I 
um, I had bariatric surgery. And when I read about the hospitalization and putting down the alcohol and getting clean, I relate to that um, in terms of my putting down the food. I came into this program for the second time um, three and a half years ago, about six months, five months after having a lap band. And I had put the food down and I had lost a great deal of weight, but I knew instinctively that that was not going to solve my problem if I didn't begin working the program. And so I've been in the program since 2014 and I began working the steps for the first time in my life. And I got a sponsor after a while. It wasn't immediate. I got a sponsor who turned me toward the big book and to the vision for you. And I must say that today my life is completely different than it was. Um, this is the first Thanksgiving in my adult life, probably my whole life, that I have not eaten the skin off the turkey. Um, I made the turkey the other day, and it was lifted from me. It was it was lifted from me. That desire, I didn't have to lick my fingers. It was lifted from me. And, you know, it's been a progression in this program. Last year, it was a struggle to not do it. The year before was a worse struggle. It was not a struggle this year. I have a house full of people coming in a couple of hours, and I have made a refrigerator full of food. And you know what? I'm having my boiled eggs for breakfast like every other day because today I'm recovered. And I, I credit that to this program. I credit that to my sponsor, my former sponsor in this program, who told me if you take one step toward your HP, your HP will come running to you. And I believe that I've seen it in my life. And I wish everybody a wonderful, happy, abstinent day. I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy R. Janice M., it's your turn, followed by Kathy R. Well, thank you so much, Lynn S. This is Janice M., a grateful, uh, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I just want to say that, you know, I want to talk from my real experience, my experience of the past and, you know, how it is today. You know, I did not want to be a compulsive overeater. That's why I resisted. I rejected you know, um, I, I had reservations. I would try for decades to try to find a way, try to find a way that I could eat or find a way that somehow someday I'll, you know, I'll find the way and uh, still have, you know, the cake and eat it too. Um, the thing is, you know, gee, I just want to give everybody so much hope. You know, I started um, OA in 1982. I think I started three days before Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I'm saying, geez, of all the times that I started, three days before Thanksgiving, I should wait, you know. But, you know, I didn't. And I went to my my first Thanksgiving meeting that morning before I was having company. Now, that's the hope that I want to share for everyone here. You know, it's uh, and, you know, it took me a long time because I thought, well, you know, you don't have to be perfect. See, that was the word I used all the time. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, let me tell you something. We have to be perfect with this first step. I have to be 100% perfect in not ingesting my trigger foods. It's not half measures here with the food, you know. Um, that's just not what it is. They say, well, you know, I'm doing better. And I used to think, well, a half a loaf is better than none. You know, I used to make all these excuses. Um, 
But, you know, when we say progress, not perfection, it has nothing to do with the first step. Because if I don't, if I don't know that I have to be perfect with eating rat poison and I want a little bit of it, mm, I'm going to get the same effect. I'll probably die. I'll probably die. But, see, I know enough today just for today, that I am powerless. I don't have any control because I tried it so many times and it doesn't work. So, you know, I'm not going to believe that lie anymore. I have to. I must. It's a command that I believe the truth, that I am powerless over whatever little food, whatever it is, whatever substance it is, like it's rat poison. I mean, that's just how it is. Otherwise, I'm going to be trying, picking up like I used to, put it down, pick it up, put it down, just like the alcoholics did, you know, and with Dr. Silky, Silkworth. So the thing is, I just want to give you hope, hope, because, you know, they, it seems like you're hopeless. But let me tell you something. We're not hopeless, you know. We're not hopeless. We're just powerless over whatever substance that triggers your phenomenon of craving. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janice M. And Kathy R., you'll be the last person to share this morning. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Kathy R. from the Tampa Bay area in Florida. Isn't it wonderful that we have over 250 people on the telephone, two Kathy R.'s fighting over a chance to talk, I love it. You could not have told me five years ago that I would be on an OA phone call meeting at 7 o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving before starting to fix anything for the meal that's going to happen later on today. This is the most wonderful program in the world. You know, when we read the paragraph this morning, um, more often than not, let's see, we, pre, we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or befogged. You know, I think back when the big book was written, they were talking about alcoholism only, and they were talking about delirium tremens, which is a very dangerous um, consequence of getting off of alcohol. It doesn't happen to everybody. That's why they say, if it's going to, it, you know, you need to take a look at that particular person, and that particular person may need hospitalization to get them through drying out from alcohol. Today, I see a lot of folks, I hear a lot of girls and guys who think they want to go to a hospital because it's going to be the easier, softer way. I really don't think so. I think there are, are situations severe anorexics, severe bulimics, folks who have uncontrolled diabetes, you know, medical situations where hospitalization may be necessary. But for the rest of us, I think if we just take it one step at a time, first we have to put that food down. We can't understand, as the next line says, there isn't a chance of understanding what we have to offer without putting the food down. So I'm so grateful to be here on this phone, on this line. The two Kathy R's will have to straighten out how we're going to address ourselves, but thank you for the chance of uh, sharing, and thank you, moderator, for your service this morning. 
Pass. Thank you, Kathy R. And thank you to everyone who shared. And thank you to Team Thursday, Toby K, Rocky E, Katie G, Naomi B, Lauren N, Janice M, and Linda D. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, November 23rd, is 10704. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Janice M., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Oh, sorry. I don't mean Janice M. at all. I beg your pardon. It's Naomi B. Sorry Thank about you. that. That's okay. That's okay. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, which you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you may surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.